0: Listening to the Live from the Caribbean podcast, the show that brings the stories of island people making a global impact with your host, Pauline Joseph.
1: I am so elated to have my first sports person on the podcast. I would like to introduce Michelle Lee. Yeah he. So can you tell us where you are right now?
2: I'm based in California right now.
1: Okay. And where are you from? Trinidad. Uh Carnage. Okay. So we'll get into that in a bit, but for those who may not know, what would you say is your go to, your brand? What would be the thing that people know you for? My red hair. My red locks. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, she's an Olympian, she's an accomplished uh, athlete. (laughs) And my girl said, Lux, you know what? I ain't even hating it for that because as somebody who in the branding space, I feel it. (laughs) So let us. you have red hair. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Great. And just so we can cover our bases, can you share with us one of the most impactful medals you won?
2: I would say it would be the Commonwealth Goal I won in
1: 2018.
2: I was one of the first champions yeah. to do that. at 100 meters.
1: How did this all start? You know, Where did the idea for you to become an athlete begin?
2: Well, it started in my P class in primary school we were doing like some runs and I fell down and everyone like just left me but I got up and I caught everyone and my PTJ was like okay go talk to your mother to put you a track and also it runs in my family my mom did track my granny did track my aunts, uncles and everybody else did track so it's kind of in my blood.
1: Where was the school? Which primary school? Akana, not girls. So would you say the support you got from your family to pursue running?
2: Yes, my family and my PE teacher, uh, she goes by uh, Miss Ackaway. She's the one introduced and like talk to my mom about it. And from then till now, she's still in my life. So I will say her and my family.
1: So what was it like being that person in front of the, the race? What is it like in Trinidad to grow up and be that competitive and be in athletics?
2: I also well, back then when I was in primary school and secondary school, it was a good feeling. Like knowing that kids from advanced schools was like scared of you. They want to run in the race. <laughs> it was a good feeling. <laughs> it was a good feeling. I didn't like go to my hair, but knowing that people knew that I had a talent and what I was capable of, was a really awesome feeling.
1: Was it a case of your natural talent just took you there? I would say
2: yes. My natural talent and being in a club and like training probably like three times a week helped but i was mostly my natural talent
1: okay which club was that
2: i was first in concord for a while then like when i got older
1: things like needed to be changed so i joined rebirth and these are clubs in trinidad Yes. Okay, how many clubs are there, a lot of athletic clubs in Trinidad?
2: I would say a few. I haven't been home in a while to, like, keep up with the track and, and the club, but I know there's, like, a few clubs in
1: Trinidad. So it went, like, primary school into secondary school into joining a club?
2: My primary school, level my secondary school, I was in clubs. And then, like, when I got, like, 18, it was, like, time for me to, like, leave because there's so much you could... I come in Trinidad. So I had to like leave and come overseas to experience
1: more. So you said from primary school to secondary because you got in Carnage Girls then Tranquility secondary school in Trinidad and then from the clubs during all this time were you working as well?
2: My mom took care of me. <laughs> you said run a track. My mom took care of me. <laughs> and then when I got to the level that way I could support her. That's what I did. I took over everything. I started like taking care of her.
1: Please don't downplay your work. (laughs) I mean, yeah,
2: track is like a job, but I don't see it that way. I see it differently. It's something that I enjoy doing and I have fun. Like the day it becomes like a job, that'll be the day for me to retire.
1: Interesting. So is it safe to say in terms of your support system, was that a deciding factor for where you are right now? I would say that, yeah, it is. So what advice would you give to kids who may be thinking, you know, they saw you on television cross that finish line and like, I could just be like, Michelle (laughs) Lee, what would you be telling them? I would tell them, like,
2: nothing comes easy. For me to accomplish that, I worked very hard. I made a lot of sacrifices. Lord knows I've been through a lot. And one thing I never do was give up. So I would say if you have a dream, push towards it and don't ever give up. It's always so hurdles um, and obstacles
1: in life you just got to face them and just keep pushing forward pauline here to let you know about ac marketing i've done this really cool copywriting to like let you know all the fantastic things we do but i don't think you care so i just doing this for my accountant so it's done as a marketing expense because we are paying for this podcast so yeah if you care about ac marketing go to acmartincriminate.com if not just keep listening to your podcast thanks sir. Oh. so that conversation around obstacles actually is a good segue into sort of looking at the trajectory of your career because what would you say was your first big race I would say
2: when I first made my first Olympic team in 2012, I made the individual 100, and I was still young, and they know much, so I would say that was my biggest race, and it made me, like, realize, yeah, I want to take track seriously and be on the top one day.
1: How old were you? You said you were young.
2: I was, like, 18, yeah, I think I was 18 or 19, somewhere around there. i was still a teenager.
1: You made a national team, and then what, what happens? Because it's usually a case of you get assigned to heats, right? How does it work?
2: They will, like, randomly draw and just put you in whatever heat or whatever It's like a random draw. So you never know who you get into. like, they post it up and negotiate. go see it.
1: And where was this uh, race?
2: It was in London, 2012. Place, it was London.
1: So at 18 years old in 2012, you were on the track and who was around you? What was that feeling like to be in that space?
2: I had like a lot of athletes who like were. Normal today, that, I guess, they made Olympic teams. But just like being out there, like the crowd, it was terrifying at first. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually out here in the Olympics in the 100, wearing my country colors. I had like a lot of support and people who were like telling me, even though it's a first time, just breathe, relax, go have fun, don't overthink it. I had like a lot of positive people
1: around me at that time. I'm happy to hear that we do have support systems in every aspect of different industries. So you were in London, 2012 Olympics. What happened in that race?
2: Well, there's two wrongs, the prelims, semis, and finals. Mm -hmm. And like back then, I wasn't at my my prime or there yet. So I just made it to the semifinals, which was good enough for me because I knew what I was capable of and I already knew. With those top guns, I wasn't going to make the finals. But making the semis was good enough for me, for my accomplishments. So after that, it made me more hungry and more dedicated to the sport. So after that, I took track really seriously.
1: Nice. So what was the next big race after 2012? I would say World Championships.
2: There's so many races, I can't keep track of them anymore, but I would say World Champs.
1: So after secondary school, did you go straight into full-time, focusing on your training and getting towards the world scene in terms of running? Was there any college or university conversation happening there? What was it like post-secondary school? I
2: had a lot of scholarship offers, but honestly, for me, I'm not a school person. So I had like probably like about three or four offers from different colleges, but I told them I just want to like go pro. like just be on my own for a while and see what happens. If I go pro, I go pro. If I don't, I must keep trying. I turned on a lot of offers. girls. Honestly, I'm not a school person. And my mom said whatever I want to do, she'll support me regardless. So I didn't want to go to college. I shut have. It would have been a good experience, but
1: I didn't want to go. After 2012, when you said you went to World Championships, what was your the trajectory there before you ended up in the Commonwealth goal? What were some of the impactful races that led you there?
2: The Diamond League circuit. They're like a mini a mini Olympics. Cause it's the same people you see at the Olympics. Some of them will be in the race. So it's always good competition in the Diamond League. So with those races, it helped me throughout the year and the season leading up to whatever championship was coming up in the summer.
1: How does that work? Because my mother, as much as I've been in digital marketing space for over a decade, she still doesn't know how I make money. So (laughs) for the parents out there who don't understand athletics, can you explain it to them, please?
2: With athletics, you have sponsorships and these like... Whatever brand you see the athlete is wearing, they're possibly sponsored by them. So they get a check from whoever they're sponsored by. And whatever Diamond League races or overseas races they're in, we also get paid to compete. That's how we
1: get paid. So you are currently an Adidas athlete?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: I also saw a photo of you in some Cheeto socks. Does that count as well?
2: <laughs> Why is everybody with these Cheeto socks <laughs>
1: I just want to know. I want to understand
2: okay, where these brands are. I was going through like <laughs> in 2014. I think I wore those socks. The socks match my season. That year. I was on fire that year. So I was like, OK, these socks kind of match my season right now. So I'm going to wait. No, I was sponsored by Cheetos. It was just a socks I like. <laughs> so I just wore it.
1: <laughs> Can you tell us what it was like for your race where you led up to the Commonwealth. Was it the same case of multiple heats and then you got to the finals? How was that?
2: Yes, it was, I think it was three wrongs or two wrongs. And like every other meet, like World well, Championship, like we either have two, two wrongs or, or three wrongs. But I think that time we had probably like two or three. I really can't remember. But yeah, it's the same like any other. You go through the wrongs.
1: Pauline here to let you know about Microsoft 365. As a small business owner, rent expense could be ridiculous for your bottom line. You need to understand what a cloud solution can do for your business. Not only does it reduce your cost, but it actually allows you to track the productivity levels of your team members. So go Microsoft 365, trust me. So what was your mindset? Like, was it a case of, this is mine? This is what I've worked hard for?
2: Yeah, I had uh, a little bit of doubt, but I also believed in myself. It was something I was trading for and looking towards. So, like, when I got there, all the doubt went away, and I was like, okay, I'm here, I'm ready to go, and I'm going to get a medal, even though I don't know what colour it will be, but I was confident and ready.
1: So these races are usually, like seconds long right just for uh, it, was, who, you
2: know, it was 11 seconds like 11
1: and the thought process is what exactly as an athlete for that short period of time from the starting blocks to the finish line I
2: just uh well going on the blocks my mommy blank but it's to like execute get a dry face and just run along the line
1: what happened after you crossed the finish line
2: I was like, wait, did I just win this race? <laughs> I, was, I was shocked because after I watched the video, someone sent it to me. And here, one of the commentators was saying that I was a, a favorite. I had no clue I was because going into those meets, I come from like of social media. I don't like go on like interrupt with, with no one like until I'm done competing because there's always like negative people like getting in the ears and I don't like that. So, like, here yeah, and them saying that I was a favorite, I was like, good thing I won, because
1: <laughs> I did know that you did what you did because obviously of media but then it turned from a positive to a negative based on the conversations that transpired for those who don't know there was a an article that instead of focusing on the winning of a gold medal of a female in Trinidad Tobago the focus was on her sexuality what is your take on what transpired from this level of relation to a country that you represent? You just kind of have this big question mark.
2: Honestly, that's part of why I left Trinidad, because to me, people still live under a rock, and they don't understand when it comes to stuff like that. When I saw the article, at first it hurt, because I was like, why are they switching Like from me being a governmentalist to this like this is not a topic like everyone who knows me knew my sexuality especially my mom and I know with that article it hurts her because she don't like that kind of pot like. but when I saw it I was hurt but then I was like at the end of the day they are not doing anything for me they are not putting food in my mouth they are not taking care of me it is an article eventually it, it will blow up and I was already out there so it was nothing new people who knew me knew what I was about it's only like the other people from Trinidad, I guess, who would have like he about me didn't know. But after a week, I was like, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it.
1: Where you are right now, being forced to go outside to get the resources you need to get the access to be on a professional level, what advice would you give to females who may not necessarily have that support system? Where should they start?
2: I would just say like some I know some females don't have much support. That's why we don't have much females in track, like a support system. But I would honestly say just do it for you. Like I would just say like just do it for you. Like even something you love. And I know support is a big thing for females because sometimes be like that's need that type of love. Like push us even harder, but just honestly that's just do it for you. Don't let something like that make you not pursue your dreams
1: technically you know you're not even recognized if you somebody who identifies as gay or lesbian in trinidad i mean across the caribbean we have that issue do you think that we will eventually get there like equal rights uh, uh, phew, honestly
2: i really don't think so because some people in trinidad they're just not going to let that happen so it might be a 50-50 chance, but to me, honestly, no, when it comes to that, I don't think Trina will, will actually get there. Because the way like I saw people were like reacted towards my situation in the papers and news, I was like, that's like damn. Like some people say like living like under a rock, like yeah. So I don't know, but to me, not. Nah, it, it's not gonna probably not gonna get there. But no time soon actually.
1: Well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) And is there any major factor you think would contribute to that?
2: I don't think so. People just need to, like, just look at things differently. Like, being gay or lesbian, we're still human. Like, we're still human beings. We don't bother anybody. We go about our business. Well, I go about my business. I don't bother anybody. And so I don't know why, like, people like us differently, especially in the Caribbean, because in the U.S., it's normal. But in certain states, it's normal. It could be yourself and it could be comfortable. You ain't gotta hide or do do anything. Yeah, they definitely like look at stuff differently. Or like sit down with someone who's like gay or lesbian and like understand their story or lifestyle. Yeah. I Always been happy like once my mom accepted me, she was like, even though she doesn't approve of it, I'm still her daughter and she's gonna love me regardless once I have her approval I don't care what anyone else because my mom is a huge part of my life she's my best friend if it wasn't for her I wouldn't be where I'm at right now so whatever anybody's gotta say I really, I'm I'm unbothered by it so yes I'm happy like I'm happy in my skin I don't have to hide I ain't gotta pretend that I'm someone I'm not so yeah I'll say I'm happy
1: I'm very happy with that you are now currently training for olympics yes i am so how do you feel about it
2: i'm actually relieved now because i don't know if you knew but I obviously spent suspended for two years so that ban was lifted two weeks ago so i'm relieved it's time for the olympics so i'm excited i've been training again uh like myself prepared mentally and physically so i'm on a part of that, uh, making the olympic team well i don't know about trials but I'm ready to go.
1: <laughs> so can we backtrack on what happened? So being like a top athlete, they test you
2: randomly. So there's this site you go on to put like your whereabouts, like where you're sleeping at, where you're training at, yada, yada. So, like they invade in the privacy. So <laughs> so you have three strikes. If you got three strikes, you'll either get a couple months or you'll, or you'll get a full two years. So two years ago, I was going through a rough patch. I my mind was in the right place, so when I was traveling, I didn't update my whereabouts on time. So every time they came to my apartment and text to live before, I was not there three times. The third time, I had no clue because I was home at that time, but there was a issue with my doorbell and the town home I lived in. My bedroom was on the third floor, so I could have hit. Um, and they hear the doorbell. So I missed that one, even though I was right there. So, yeah, I missed three, three tests and they suspended me. I did appeal everything, but they didn't believe what I
1: said. And
2: so they gave me the two years.
1: So, this is part of what it's like to be a professional in the athletics world.
2: Yes, I know some people probably think I did drugs. No, never in my life. And that's a tests test because I wasn't where I was supposed to be for the first
1: two, but the last one I was right there, but what complication? Well, you made some headlines because of those errors.
2: Yeah, no, I was like, Tch. the media was mixing up words, mixing up stuff. But hey, I think this is a good story.
1: How has that been for you with not being able to control a lot of things? How is it in each states Is it lockdown?
2: Well, in California, at first, it was lockdown. And it was frustrating for the first year of the pandemic. But now, everything's back to normal. So it, that, uh, it's taken off a lot of ease of a uh, My anxiety because I got bad anxiety, but now it's like normal. And my coach like set up stuff for us at the track and at the gym, so there won't be any complications.
1: Are you a small business owner? Are you looking for maybe a place that will give you an address, but you don't necessarily want to pay that astronomical amount of rent, or maybe you need a space outside of your home? Go check out Regis. They have locations in Trinidad. Barbados, Jamaica, and Guyana. Google reaches Caribbean and tell them Pauline sent you. What about your mental health? Is there somebody who you haven't staff to have those conversations with?
2: No, I don't because I really don't trust anybody. Because <laughs> I got wear trust issues, but now we're bad trust issues, and like. Talking to people, uh, I just feel uncomfortable with. I got to, like, really be, like, really desperate. Even though I was, I, but I still didn't. Yeah, I got trust issues. I just, like, talk to my mom, talk to myself. Well, actually, I talk to God a lot, and he's been making a way.
1: How does your regime, what does that look like?
2: Uh, Very boring. I wake up at six every morning, <laughs> get ready to go practice, try to get there. 8.30 because LA traffic is crazy. So it's practice, home, and that's it. And sometimes like during the week, I go to my appointments to get adjusted, to get acupuncture, to get massages. So I have a regular, boring life. There's practice and home. You
1: know, that's <laughs> not what you usually see on these documentaries. It always looks so glamorous. Yep. And it's just, uh, there's a whole team of people around you every day.
2: I mean, well, some I are different. Like when you have that kind of money to, burn, to have everybody around you like that, Yeah. In my end, I ain't got time for all of that. I'd be too tired of the practice. I don't want to go home after practice.
1: So how does it work with being a sponsored athlete? Do they reach out? Do you have a manager? How does that work when people want to have partnerships with you?
2: Well, yes. For track, I do have an agent. And when it comes to my Trinidad stuff, I have a manager. So everything in Trinidad, she handles for me.
1: Is there a particular part in your Trinidad upbringing that, has brought you to where you are right now?
2: I, mean, I would say, yeah, because uh, Trinidad is not known for, like, track, especially, like, for females. Sure, it's known for, like, for carnival, ooh, carnival, football, and mostly it's about males. So I would say, yes yeah, so well I would say track made me like that, so because to put Trinidad on a map, when I see track, they will be like, they'll see my name, and they'll be like, wait, she's a female? So, yeah, like, putting that out there and being a female makes it even better. because It's mostly all about males and carnival and football that everybody knows
1: about football and carnival. So if you were in charge of CARICOM, what would be the first thing on your to-do list that will help impact the Caribbean financially?
2: I would like just invest more into like sport, especially like the female because we need more females out there and like treat the females equally when it comes to anything like sport or anything because females don't get treated well or equally that would be one of the parts like i would like work on and fix
1: signed well said couldn't say it any better all right thank you so much michelle
0: Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen for your podcasts. Don't forget to join the community at our website, LinkedInLocalCaribbean.com. If you liked this show, you might want to check out our next LinkedIn local event by following the hashtags on LinkedIn. Search for hashtag LinkedInLocalCaribbean.